0: Welcome to Murder Minute, on today's episode, The Middletown Murder. But first, your true crime headlines. UFC fighter Irwin Rivera has been charged with two counts of premeditated murder after allegedly stabbing his two sisters. 31-year-old Irwin Rivera was arrested in Palm Beach County on Thursday. Rivera was booked into the county's main detention center shortly after noon is being charged with two counts of premeditated murder in the first degree. According to a probable cause affidavit, police were called to an apartment in Boynton Beach where they first discovered Rivera's 22-year-old sister near the road. She had been stabbed multiple times and suffered two collapsed lungs. Inside the apartment, officers found Rivera's 33-year-old sister. She had also been stabbed multiple times. The sisters allegedly told police that they were staying in their brother's spare room and awoke to find him stabbing them. Rivera allegedly ran from the scene before police arrived, but was later arrested. Two neighbors reportedly provided sworn statements that one sister banged on their door while pleading, quote, he's trying to kill me, please help my sister. Police said that the fighter told them that he killed his sisters because a higher power told him to. The women were taken to a local hospital, one in stable and the other in critical condition. Their current condition is not clear. In a statement to MMAfighting.com, the UFC said that the organization is, quote, aware of the recent incident involving Irwin Rivera and subsequently received information from his management that he has been exhibiting behavior consistent with mental health issues. They said that the allegations are, quote, extremely troubling, and the organization is currently gathering additional information. The investigation is ongoing, and any potential next steps, including disciplinary action or medical attention, will be determined upon the conclusion. Furthermore, UFC informed Rivera's management that he will not be offered about at this time. Nashville police are hunting for a second suspect in the December 2020 shooting of a nurse who was shot and killed while driving to work. At around 6 p.m. on December 3rd, 2020, 26-year-old Caitlin Kaufman was heading to her 7 p.m. shift at St. Thomas West Hospital, where she helped treat COVID-19 patients, when at least six shots were fired at her SUV. One of the bullets hit her in the left shoulder and killed her within 15 seconds, the medical examiner said. At about 9 p.m. that night, an officer found her body inside her SUV which was stopped on the right shoulder of the I-440 West, between the West End Avenue and Hillsboro Pike exits. The vehicle was still running and was riddled with bullets. On December 11th, a SWAT unit with the Metro Nashville police arrested 21-year-old Devante Lewis Hill, who was charged with criminal homicide in connection with Kaufman's death. Police are now searching for a second suspect, 28-year-old James Edward Cohen. Cohen is alleged to have been with Hill when the shots were fired from their vehicle into Kaufman's car. Police have issued a warrant for Cohen's arrest, charging him with criminal homicide. The United States Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives is offering a reward of up to $5,000 for information leading to Cohen's arrest. Nashville Crime Stoppers is offering an additional reward of up to $1,000. The suspect in an attempted murder of a police officer has escaped from his holding cell. 24-year-old David Dahlin escaped from the Portland Police Bureau's Central Precinct on Saturday after a cleaning crew left the door to his holding cell unlocked. Dahlin had been arrested that same day on a charge of attempted murder of a police officer. Police said that he was driving a stolen Chevrolet pickup truck on Christmas Eve when he struck Officer Jennifer Pierce of the Portland Police Bureau and fled. Pierce fired her weapon at the vehicle after being struck a second time. She suffered a fractured pelvis. Dahlin was arrested on January 2nd and placed in a holding cell at the Portland Police Bureau's Central Precinct as detectives prepared to interview him. Two cleaning crew members responsible for disinfecting rooms because of COVID-19 were cleaning the detective division when one of them entered the holding cell. The worker then closed the door after seeing Mr. Dahlin was inside. Police said in a press release, quote, Preliminary investigations leave investigators to believe that the door did not fully latch after it was closed. Sometime after the cleaning crew members left, investigators believe Dahlin pushed the door from the inside, found it to be insecure, and got out. Investigators believe that he then found a stairwell that was unlocked for fire safety reasons and left through a side door. A manhunt is now underway. Police said that there are warrants for his arrest for attempted murder in the first degree, assault in the first degree, assaulting a public safety officer, unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, and escape in the second degree. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, the Middletown murder. But first, a quick break. Every year brings new hopes for the future. And one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to support businesses that support meaningful causes. So this year, I want to tell you about One Hope Wine. One Hope is a Napa Valley winery built on hope and rooted in purpose. Every bottle of their award-winning wine supports a meaningful cause. And One Hope has donated over $5 million to causes around the world. From building a school in Guatemala to funding over 3 million meals for children in need. And their commitment to high-quality wine is as important as their commitment to the causes they support. One Hope believes that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your wallet to enjoy quality, award-winning wines. That's why their world-class Vintner collection begins at just $25 so everyone can afford to have the best of Napa Valley delivered right to their homes. With one hope, you can stock up on award-winning wines for 20% off. Get 5% off 4-packs, 10% off 6-packs, and 20% off 12-packs, and earn rewards with every purchase. Every bottle supports a meaningful cause, which is printed right on the label. I just opened a bottle of Chardonnay, that helps fund clinical trials to find the cure for breast cancer. And that's worth raising a glass to. Visit onehopewine.com murderminute and use the code MURDERMINUTE for $10 off your first order today. That's O-N-E-H-O-P-E-W-I-N-E dot com murderminute for $10 off your first order today when you use the code MURDERMINUTE. Now, more than ever, you really shouldn't put off seeing a doctor when you're not feeling well. And I know that with everything going on, it can be difficult to put yourself and your help first. And these days, there are plenty of reasons to want to avoid a trip to the doctor's office. That's why I use Plush Care. They make seeing a doctor easy, right from my home. Plush Care provides virtual doctor appointments through your smartphone or computer. I just pick a time that works for me and book an appointment right online. I don't have to sit on hold forever to make an appointment or leave the house and sit in a crowded waiting room and be exposed to who knows what. I just open the app and talk to a doctor from the comfort of my couch. With plush care, I can be diagnosed, treated and even have a prescription sent to my pharmacy of choice if needed within minutes Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. And the doctors care. They're here to help by discussing treatment options and have a wide range of expertise. And they're available anytime I have questions. No matter where you are or how busy your life gets, Plush Care has you covered. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. Start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash and start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com for a free 30-day trial at plushcare.com slash Welcome back to Murder Minute. On Sunday, July 17th, 1899, 23 year old Harry Chadwick rode his bicycle from New Britain to Chester. Harry made the trip every Sunday to spend the day visiting his fiancee, 19 year old May Smith, at her family's home. The lovers went to the village church together, walking in front of May's parents in an old fashioned puritanical parade. The New York Journal would later report. The neighbors smiled happily at the roses that May carried in her hands because Chadwick had brought them. May's fiance left the Smith house a little after 10 p.m. and headed home. Along the way, he stopped for a bite to eat in Middletown. It was the last time he would be seen alive. The next morning, a man in Tylerville noticed something strange on the road outside his door. It was a pool of blood. A trail of blood led to Clark Creek. There in the water sat a rowboat, floating empty, except for one broken oar, covered in hair and blood. Another bloody trail led back towards Chester and to a ladder, leaning against the Smith house under the window of 30 year old Joseph Huff, a carpenter who was boarding with the Smith family. Aiden Smith, May's brother, woke to the sound of moaning. It was coming from Huff's room. Aiden entered to find Joseph Huff laying half unconscious in his bed. His throat slit and his bed linens soaked through with blood around his head. Joseph Huff had killed Harry Chadwick and then tried to kill himself. Chadwick left the Smith house about 10.30 last night on his bicycle and that was the last scene of him. The New York Times wrote... Under the headline, Jealousy Causes a Tragedy. This morning, a ladder was found leaning against the window of the room occupied by Huff. There were spots of blood on the ladder, and when the man's room was entered, he was found lying on the bed in a pool of blood. He had a cut five inches long in his neck. His bicycle was also found to be covered with blood, and an investigation was immediately started. Late this afternoon, it was stated that Huff had admitted to Aiden Smith, the brother of the girl, that he killed Chadwick and threw his body into the Connecticut River. He is said to have stated that he went to Clark's Creek to scare Chadwick, and that an altercation resulted, during which Chadwick drew a razor and cut him on the side of the face. He then choked Chadwick until, as he supposed, he was unconscious, but later found that he was dead. He then dragged the young man's body to the river where he threw him in. Riding home, he took his own razor from a drawer intending to commit suicide when he felt himself growing faint and called for help. When the family entered his room, a razor was found in his hand. Joseph Huff insisted that the killing had been self-defense I went to scared Chadwick he came to me we had a scuffle for some time he cut me I shouted for help Huff said in his coroner statement printed in the penny press newspaper I caught him by the throat and held on I did not intend to hurt him but I got desperate and kept holding on When he realized that Harry Chadwick was dead, Huff dragged the body and Chadwick's bicycle to the creek and found the boat. I then tied the bicycle to the body and rode the boat down the creek to the Connecticut River and threw the body overboard, Huff said. Friends and acquaintances of the Smith family were shocked at the news that Joseph Huff had killed Harry Chadwick over May no one had ever noticed anything between them and Huff had always seemed so polite Huff had offered prayer in the young people's meeting at church on Sunday evening wrote the New York Journal at the return to Smith's home he went at once to his room having said good night to Chadwick and to May with his habitual affability. No one had ever remarked that Huff frowned or that he sulked in the rear. He smiled on the contrary. How and when was the demon of jealousy born in him? No one knows and he will not tell. He says only, quote, After Harry had spent the evening with Mae Smith, the girl that we both loved, he and I met I reproached him for something that he said, for something that he did. He attacked me with a razor. I choked him. That's all. But not everyone believed Joseph Huff's version of events. His story didn't line up with the physical evidence, and investigators discovered that he had served time in a state reform school in his youth, and that his family... Had a history of insanity. Then they found the body, and Joseph Huff was imprisoned. Five months later, in December of 1899, Joseph Huff was tried at the Middletown County Courthouse for the murder of Harry Chadwick. Throughout the trial, Huff stuck to his story of self defense but Harry Chadwick's body told a different story. He had not been strangled to death accidentally, as Huff said. Harry Chadwick was killed by a blow to the head with a blunt instrument. Chadwick had been terribly beaten about the head and face, either with a stone or an oar, possibly both wrote the Penny Press. The skull was broken in on one side so that the brain was exposed. The face was crushed and one arm broken. But Huff maintained his innocence. He also claimed that May had encouraged his attention. But May Smith testified that Joseph Huff frightened her And was what we would refer to today as a stalker after a two-week trial the jury left to deliberate a nervous feeling of dread seemed to pervade the courtroom the penny press wrote Huff sat with his eyes glued to the door that concealed the arbiters of his fate from his searching gaze his attitude was one of deep dejection. After four and a half hours, the jury returned with their verdict. At around four pm on december twenty ninth eighteen ninety nine, Joseph Huff was found guilty of murder in the second degree and was sentenced to life in prison. After the trial, Nineteen-year-old Mae Smith was slandered and humiliated. People accused May of leading Joseph Huff on and blamed her for her fiancé's murder. She moved to Philadelphia and never married. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder Minute.